And welcome back. I told you it's Mile High Magazine, and I am Murphy Houston. Again, happy Sunday. Hope you're having a great morning. Appreciate you listening to us. And I have my good buddy back, a great special guest, Dr. John Torres. You remember him from Nine News? He he was the doc there, and now he's the NBC doc with Lester Holt, my close personal friend. He's still my friend, right, John? He still he asks about you all the time. Murph. I know he does. Would you get him just to wave to me some afternoon when he's on? Just say, you know, thumbs up, Murph, something like that. It would be great. It will do. Yeah. And uh, Dr. John Torres has a new book out called Dr. Disaster's Guide to Surviving Everything. And I have a copy of that book. And it's really fascinating, John. I really like it. Oh, excellent. Well, thank you. Yeah, and it was one of those uh, things that I've always wanted to do because of all my disaster training through the military. Yes. Give people an idea of... of you know, some basic things to think about when it comes to disasters, because there are common themes throughout. But, oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, the main, as you know, the main theme is that, that will to survive. You, you can't overestimate that. No, no. You want to be able to get out of something. But, well, no you know, kidding. Prepare you, yourself a little bit. you got good tips there for sure, as you do with all the mess going on with COVID. Hey, first of all, oh, boy. I want to ask you before we get deep into the real serious stuff. How was Tokyo? Because you were there for the Olympics the whole time, weren't you? I, I was. I just got back two days ago and actually went there the week before it started. And the original, it's interesting, the original reason they do that with, with the correspondence and camera crews and everything is because we do, we usually do cultural stories and you do like, you know, what was what Japan like, what is Tokyo like, what do they think of the Olympics, all that good stuff. Right. We weren't able to do that this time. So we went out there a week before and we were quarantined for 14 days and it's what they call a soft quarantine, which means we had to stay in the hotel, not in our room, but in the hotel we could roam around the hotel, and every day we were allowed to go outside for 15 minutes, just 15 minutes to a convenience store to buy those things we might need, but we had to be back. And it was, it was one of those time things. You could only go out. You couldn't go to venues. I mean, you could go to venues if you had a job to do, but they weren't letting anybody go just to watch the venues. As you know, they weren't allowing any spectators either. Right. And so it was interesting. It was a very unique Olympics, but it was a wonderful Olympics, and, you know, Especially the women, yeah. Hats off, the, the yeah, absolutely great, and so yeah, yeah. And how did uh, how did Tokyo handle the whole thing with COVID? Were you pleased from a doctor's perspective? Uh, thoroughly pleased. You know, a couple of things. Number one, it's interesting because I think in the whole time I was there, so I was out of quarantine for around six days, which means I was able to go around Tokyo and look at some of the sites and, and, and get in some of the culture. And in that time period, yeah, I passed. The streets are fairly crowded. I mean, they're still kind of normal. Like if you go to New York right now, it's going to be, you know, the same thing. They're getting more back to normal. But the whole time I was there, I saw less than five people. So probably around four people that didn't have masks on. Everybody else, 100% masked. It's something that they do very diligently. And I think that's helping keep things under control. It's getting, uh, the curve is going up a little bit in in Japan. They have, I think, 15,000 cases, 4,000 in Tokyo. But that's still a very minor number. They're just getting concerned about the fact that the rate's going up a little bit. Uh, vaccination rates are lower than they are here. When I got there, they were like 25%, so not quite where we are. But it's interesting, Murph, because the Olympics themselves did a fantastic job because the concern were that these – this was the first international meeting since the start of the pandemic. Right. The concern was that, that these other countries would bring different variants or the Delta variant come, would come in in force and it would spread throughout Japan. So they kept the Olympians – isolated from the rest of Japan, and that helped a lot. But also what helped is, you know, we had to quarantine for 14 days. I had never done a COVID test until I got there. And since the day, three days before I left, I had to start testing. I've taken a total of 10 tests. I have one more test to do, 11 tests over a three-week period. So wow. just tested the heck out of us. Oh, my. They're constantly testing. And they quarantine, 
socially distanced. You know, they had pods for all the different athletes. We wore masks 100% of the time. You were not allowed to go outside your room without a mask unless you were eating, and they were very diligent about that. And out of 40,000-plus, you know, athletes, workers, staff, media, all that, out of about 40,000, they had around 300 cases. Oh, boy. That's nothing. Nothing, That's right. A drop in the bucket. So it shows just how well these measures do work. Well, they really were prepared, which I wasn't surprised at because they've had plenty of time to get ready, I guess. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And they did have a big lead up to this, which yeah. is great. So, and it's going to be interesting. The Chinese, you know, the Winter Olympics are coming up in Beijing in February six months from now so uh, nobody quite knows how that's going to go so it'll be interesting well more time outside maybe i don't know but good i'm glad you got back safe and sound now let's come back to uh the good old us of a (laughs) and start looking at the covid here what do you think about this new delta variant from your perspective you you know and it's one of those things that we saw coming and if you remember and, and you and i talked about this a while ago that you know, the, the best way to stop variants from spreading is to stop the virus from getting into people's bodies. The best way to do that is to vaccinate. And our vaccination rates are high, you know, one of the highest in the world, but they're still not quite where we want them to be. And because of that, because of people not being vaccinated at the rate we want them to be, these variants are able to spread and hopefully not change into other variants that are even more worrisome. But this Delta one, it's a tricky one. It's very contagious. We don't necessarily know it's more dangerous, but it's very contagious. And just by the fact that more people are catching it, the numbers catch up, and so you get more hospitalizations, more deaths, children get affected more. And so this is something that, as many, many experts have said, this is turning into a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Even though there are breakthrough infections, if you look at the numbers, there are very low number of breakthrough infections, people who are fully vaccinated and get the virus. Most of those, just kind of like what happened in Tokyo with the Olympics, most of those are just caught on routine testing. They weren't having symptoms. It's just their job required it or some circumstance required a test. And they found out that they had COVID, which we know happens. Sure. uh, But the vaccine still protected them. It's amazing people aren't getting vaccinated. And the reasons are astounding. Don't you agree? I do. And it it gets, yeah, I think it goes back to the beginnings of the pandemic, where at the beginning, there was a lot, there's misinformation now. But if you remember at the beginning, there was tons of misinformation. And that misinformation, they have a saying in science and in medicine. It's hard to disprove a negative. And so if somebody says something negative about the vaccine, it's hard to disprove it. And the example I give is, you know, if somebody came up and they said, hey, I heard that the COVID vaccine makes your toes fall off. Oh, my. How would, how would I disprove that? How would I disprove that? I'd have to do a study on whether it right. makes, And that study would take three years. And so it's really hard to disprove a negative. So when all these myths come out, about the vaccine, it's hard to disprove it from a science point of view because it takes years to do that. And we're in the middle of an emergency. And so that's creating a lot of these issues. And so, you you know, I know there's a certain number of people, percentage of people that are absolutely adamant about not getting the vaccine, but there's a lot of wait and see people as well. And I think they need to start looking at getting the vaccine, especially since the Delta variant is here. And we're starting to see more mandates come out, more businesses you know, the government, right. the military is looking at making it mandatory. And I think once the approval comes through, because right now it's under an authorization, but once it gets fully approved, which we think might even happen as early as next month, then I think you're going to see these mandates flourish and more and more people are going to need them. You already need them to travel to most countries. So, that, that's exactly you know. correct. That's true. And I think also, uh, John, by the way, we're talking to uh, Dr. John Torres uh, from NBC. News now, formerly with Nine News, good guy, been a friend of ours for a long time. Uh, the current concern is the kids under 12. School's starting up, parents are freaking out a little bit. Should I send them? Should I not send them? Should they be wearing a mask? What do you think? Yeah, and this is tough. I feel for parents, my kids are older or they're adults, but you know, I can imagine my kids are that young because they can't get the vaccine at this point. It hasn't been authorized. 
or even you know they're looking at the studies right now and they think it'll be authorized in the next couple months but at the same time you want to keep your kids safe however they've already been out of school for a year plus getting them back to school is very important for not just their their school needs as far as academics but also their mental health to get back I guarantee you, if you ask your friends, they're going to be, yeah, I want to be with my friends. You know, I want to hang sure, out. Sure. I mean, if you ask your kids, they, they want to hang out with their friends. But, you know, in, in a perfect public health world, these kids can't get vaccinated. Everybody in school would be masked. They social distance. I know there's a lot of schools around the country that are saying, well, we're not going to make masks mandatory because it doesn't affect kids that much. It does affect kids. Granted, not as much, but it does affect kids. There are hundreds of kids in the hospital right now. There are kids in the ICU across the country. They have that the, that inflammatory syndrome that kids can get. It doesn't happen often, but it, it does. And we don't know which kids are going to be affected. So I can understand the, the parents' worry. You know, what I would say is, you know, look at the school system, encourage the school system to follow mask mandates and the, and the CDC guidelines for what they recommend for schools. And then just kind of look at it from there and, and see what you need to do as far as, you know, one, getting your kid educated, getting back into their social life at school, but also keeping them safe. Absolutely. I know it's not a perfect answer, but no, there but really is no perfect answer for this. Not now. It's still more like an experiment until we get some vaccine out for these kids. And even the ones over uh, 12 years old, and, and my grandchildren over 12 have had the vaccine, there's still that concern about that heart situation. Is that something we should be concerned about? You know, it's, it, it definitely came out. It's rare. It doesn't happen often. And when it does, it doesn't. It usually resolves without any problems. And so the, the ones that have any issues, it's very, very rare for that to happen. So you have to do what's called the risk-benefit profile. You have to look at the risk of the, the benefit from the vaccine versus the risk of the vaccine and the risk of COVID on top of that. And your child is much more likely to have issues from COVID including that inflammatory syndrome, long-term COVID issues, uh, possibly even dying from COVID. But, you know, you compare that to the risk from the vaccine of that inflammatory issue, which is very, very low. The vaccine is still the way to go. But just with the understanding that, hey, there, you know, there's no perfect vaccine. There's no perfect medicine. And so just understand the, the, what could possibly happen and look, just look for those things. If you start noticing anything, talk to your doctor about it. But I said the vast majority of these children, number one, it's rare they get this. And number two, most the vast majority of them recover without any issues from this. Well, that's good news there. Appreciate that positive answer to that. Here's another one. I was just reading this this morning, John, that a lot of Americans are getting a coronavirus vaccine booster shots on their own. And many are mixing and matching Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson shots. What do you think of that? Yeah, I it's we call that the living experiment because we don't know and it's the jury's still out on on a couple things the jury's still out on one does it work we don't know if it works two do you need it we still don't know if you need it and right now the vaccines look like they're holding on pretty well uh and three what happens if you get it you mix it will that help you or will it do nothing or will it hurt you we don't know that as well and then probably even one of the bigger conundrums Murph, is that you know if you get the covid booster right now is that going to cause any issues three or four months from now when they come out with boosters that have been developed for the variant? You yeah. know, is that going to cause an issue? We don't know. And so there's a lot of unknowns right now. And so, you know, the recommendations are to not get a booster. And the main reason is because these vaccines are doing well and they're keeping, you know, you, you might hear about antibody levels dropping. Right. But antibody levels dropping are only part of the story of your immune system. There's these things called T cells, which don't drop off. And those T cells are the important part of the immune system because the T cells signal your body to develop antibodies. And so even though you don't have antibodies, you still have these T cells which protect you. And that's what we want, long-term T cell protection. So uh, 
again, you still have that protection. You don't necessarily need the booster at this point. The CDC is meeting to look and see when they need boosters. They're probably going to recommend them for immunocompromised people only because the shots aren't working as well in them because their immune system's compromised. But for healthy people, probably not at this point. Right. And do, will they do the same thing with the booster as they did with the original vaccine? The old guys get it first, like like me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're going, and that's what they're looking at. They're looking at immunocompromised. In some countries, they're doing immunocompromised in 60 and above. Israel's doing that. Uh, and everyone's kind of looking at them going, you know, what direction is this going to take and how well is it going to work? And so my guess is first it'd be immunocompromised and then it'd be 60 and above and then it'd be working its way down. But, you know, the other thing you have to remember, too, is these boosters are developed with the old virus, not the variant. And so they're starting to develop boosters with the variant, which won't be coming out for a few months. And so might be better to wait for that. Yeah, probably a good idea. And what do you think? I'm reading also that the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine might be more effective against the Delta opposed to the the Pfizer. What do you think? Right. And the study you're looking at was actually a small study in what we call preprint, which means that it hasn't gone through the process of other scientists looking at it. So it's part of the story. And we're finding out that there's a variety of, and this is the way science works, is a bunch of studies come out and they show a bit of conflicting information and then that finally gets resolved in bigger and bigger studies that give us the, the, the overall information. But the, um, you know, right now, this small study is showing that Moderna might be working a little better than Pfizer, but other studies have shown just the opposite and have shown them both working exactly the same. And so it's, I think you can rest assured that if you got either shot, Pfizer, Moderna, or even Johnson & Johnson, that you're fairly well protected. You're not 100% protected because there is no such thing but you're as protected as, as protection we have in 2021. Okay, that makes me feel better because I had the Pfizer. So thanks for that. So did I. <laughs> so I had the I. Pfizer as well. So I'm, very, I'm very confident in it. Oh, that's great. So before I let you go, what do you think? Start wearing our mask again, even though we've been kind of cutting back on that in the United States. Do we need to start picking it up again? Yeah, I do, especially in areas. And the example I give is, you know, what you have to worry, if you're vaccinated, what you have to worry about are unvaccinated people possibly giving you the virus. And then you taking the virus home. It, it doesn't happen. It's very rare that it happens, but it can happen. And so if you go to an area where you don't know if people around you are fully vaccinated, then I would wear a mask. And the example I give is a supermarket. You have no idea if people around you have the vaccine or not. So I just wear the mask just to be safe until we get this variant under control. We start getting cases under control. Because if you remember, you know, a month ago, we were down to 10,000, 11,000 cases a day. Now we're 70,000 plus, 100, close to 100,000 cases a day. That's yeah, a big jump. And yeah, it's it going to come back down over the next few weeks, but we have to wait for it to come back down. Right. Good advice there, my buddy, Dr. John Torres, NBC News these days, formerly with Nine News, still lives around the Colorado area, which we're excited about. Always good having you on, John. Oh, Murph, it's always great to talk to you. Well, we'll talk again soon. We'll talk to you again next week. It's Mile High Magazine. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.